Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Lakers Talk is on the air on 710 ESPN. Russell Westbrook's coming to the Los Angeles Lakers, not as the franchise player, not as the second best player, but the third best player. Tell me another time Russell Westbrook was the third best player on a team. From the home of the 17-time world champion Lakers at LA Live. Lakers had a lot of players last year that I like, I thought would be a good fit, but they weren't further enough in their career where all they cared about was a championship. And I think that's what you have now with this Lakers team. Lakers talk talk is is on. on. Here's Alan Sliwa. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Two solid hours of Los Angeles Lakers basketball. You know, we did the Travis and Sliwa show this morning from 10 to 1. Let me come back and do a little Lakers talk tonight. Obviously, that show will continue uh, because of Labor Day, and uh, we carried the Angels game yesterday. Obviously, Lakers talk tonight. Um, so a lot of things I want to get into just to kind of give everybody a quick preview of what we got going on in uh, in this evening's show. Jovan Buha, frequent guest of Lakers Talk, will come on, covers the Lakers, NBA reporter for The Athletic. And then this one a little bit different, Christian Winfield, Nets and NBA reporter for the New York Daily News in the 8 o'clock hour. Let's talk some Lakers and Nets because I've said this a number of different times. Every move that I feel like the Lakers have made, it is to try to compete against the Brooklyn Nets. Then you had these two teams all offseason. Lakers would uh, go out and grab a vet, and uh, Brooklyn would follow suit and get Patty Mills or Paul Millsap or LaMarcus Aldridge. Lakers would go get Carmelo and Rondo and Dwight Howard and kind of keep adding to the list. So we'll get into Lakers-Nets, and in my opinion, it's just clear cut the two best teams in the NBA. We'll do that, Christian, in the uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. So a couple things kind of start the show. Since the last time we did the show, there's been you know some more conversation, I guess you can say. Um, DeAndre Jordan, even though it's not official, is obviously uh, going to be a part of the Los Angeles Lakers. And I, I want to – there's a couple things I, I want to do with this because last week I spent a little time on uh, this specific topic – and I want to get into what this means for Marcus All, some of the positives and the negatives of having DeAndre Jordan on this team. And then uh, also right after that, I want to talk Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma got a chance to talk about that trade to the Washington Wizards, and he was on the podcast with Gilbert Arenas, the No Chill podcast. So we'll do that as well. So real quick on DeAndre. Let me, I'm, I'm going to continue my same theme here. My theme last week was this. I think DeAndre Jordan offers something to the Lakers that they already have because Dwight Howard is there. And I think Marcus Gasol provides something to the Lakers that's unique because it's a big man that can space the floor and you know he can obviously hit threes, hit a jumper here and there. He's a fantastic passer for a big man. I, I'm not here telling you that the Lakers are going to win a championship or not win a championship based upon DeAndre Jordan or Marcus Gasol on this roster. And frankly, to be honest with you, I actually don't know what... DeAndre Jordan, that addition to the Lakers means to Marcus Gasol. Um, that's a conversation I could have with Jovan Buha coming up at 730. 
But I, I will tell you what I like about DeAndre. Um, it, it's similar to what you had with Dwight and JaVale McGee. DeAndre is a pretty close comp to JaVale McGee. He's obviously going to be a rim protector. He can roll to the basket off screen and rolls. You could throw some lobs to him. That's that's obviously DeAndre Jordan's game. And when I say there's some there's some blueprint action there of some success when they had Dwight Howard backing up JaVale McGee. Then AD would play the five at any time that they needed to during that um, that bubble championship. There's a similar blueprint there. What I don't like is I, I do feel like Lakers will lose something not having Marcus All there. And, and listen, maybe the Lakers keep Marcus All on the roster. Maybe they they have Marcus All, um, DeAndre Jordan, and Dwight Howard. Okay, is that probably a way too many centers to have? Because you got AD that could play the five as well, probably. But it could happen. I think the more likely situation is potentially Marcus is not a part of the roster. So I did this last week. I don't have to spend too much time on it, but it is kind of the news that's broke over the last, you know, you could say three, four days or so for the Los Angeles Lakers, at least from the last time that I did my show. Um, in my opinion. I think DeAndre Jordan will obviously play a role for the Lakers, but the reality is I've always thought that uh, Marcus All can kind of bring something unique that none of those centers do. Now, I know this is always going to be a conversation with Laker fans, and I know this was always going to come up. Well, why doesn't AD just play more five? You know what? Who knows? Maybe this year Anthony Davis is going to play more five. I, I've never, I've never been one to harp on the, well, AD's got to play more five. Why isn't he playing the center? Only because... I know when push comes to shove and the Lakers are in the playoffs and you're going into the second half and you need to make some adjustments or you're going into the fourth quarter, I know AD's going to play the five if the Lakers need him to. So I don't think it's a question. I think the grind of 82 games, I think it's strategically smarter to say, AD, no need for him to play the five. You got these other bigs that you can use during the you know the long stretch of last season, 72 games, this upcoming season, 82 games. Um, you can be more strategic with it. So we'll see how things shake out. But obviously, DeAndre Jordan comes to the Lakers. What does that mean for Marcus All? Um, I, I, I would be. Let's put it this way: I'd be surprised if Marcus All is still there. You know, it's crazy. Training camp. I'm imagining here with the preseason starting October third. Training camp probably starts within the next three weeks or so, something along those lines. This is just my guess. Okay. Well, if that's the case. You still got to, you know, kind of figure out if Marcus Gasol is going to be a part of the mix here. Uh, but obviously, at this point, Lakers have made so many different moves. There's so many different personnel on this roster. Um, I don't think the world's going to change between DeAndre Jordan and Marcus Gasol. If I had a preference, I'd mention I'd like to keep Marcus Gasol because Dwight Howard's going to be your backup center. That dude's already there, and you could have AD play the five. If they, if they, uh, with DeAndre and Dwight, that obviously would take more of a game plan, more of a blueprint than they had uh, JaVale McGee. Um, okay. So Kyle Kuzma was on the No Chill podcast with Gilbert Arenas. And I want to play a clip here real quick from that podcast. Um, you know, Kuz, Kuz kind of fascinating to me for the few years I've been covering the Lakers and the two years that I've been doing the pre- and post-game show. Obviously, Lakers talk I've been doing for about five years. But Kuz, Kuz has always, always been a conversation with uh, with Laker fans and always been kind of a fascinating story. He was kind of a polarizing figure, especially for somebody that's not like the dude was putting up 25 points a game. But damn, did he garner some attention. 
Take a listen real quick. This is Kyle Kuzma, who's now obviously part of the Washington Wizards, on the No Chill podcast with Gilbert Arenas on thinking he was getting traded to the Sacramento Kings. I was kind of shocked because I thought I was going to sack, like, the Sacramento deal with uh, Buddy Hill. Like, that's done. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, thinking in my head, like, okay, well, I'm in sack. 45-minute flight. It's not bad. <laughs> I'm saying go to Napa. But then, like, out of nowhere, you know, it goes, you know, you're going to Washington. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was, like, super hyped, obviously, because it's, like, a better situation. You know, like, going to SAC would have been fun. I would have, you know, went crazy for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I think. But, like, to have an opportunity to play with, like, Brad Beal, um, you know, someone that is trying to, um, you know, really be a winner in this league because he's a, he's a killer, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the lead league in scoring multiple years are he was second this year. And, like... You know, it's just a perfect opportunity. You know, it's a lot of guys that have, like, chips on their shoulders. Everyone's ready to, like, prove something. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's that's when something can be special. All right, that's Kuz right there with uh, Gilbert Arenas on his uh, No Chill podcast. So, you know, it kind of takes me back. And I'll, I'll break down the Kuzma part in just a second here. But it takes me back for a quick second when I hear Kuz say, I thought I was going to Sacramento. I remember on the night that it was actually during the day. This was everything was breaking on that day. The Lakers were about to trade for Buddy Heald. Then they eventually trade for Russell Westbrook. In baseball, that was the final day of the trade deadline, and the Dodgers went out and got Max Scherzer and they got Trey Turner. So you know, obviously in LA, these were just massive deals that were going down in um, in the uh, in two different sports with big time names being thrown around. Okay. But I, I remember when that trade first went, or the, the conversation was happening about Buddy Heald, uh, it was a lot of momentum towards there. So it's interesting to hear Kuz say that he thought, hey, he's going to be with the Sacramento Kings. I actually disagree with him on he thinks that a better fit will be in Washington. I actually like the fit with Kuz up in Sacramento, but uh, we'll leave that for, uh, that's you know obviously that's a topic we can have when the Lakers actually play uh, a team like Washington or a team like the Kings. But I remember when that was all going down, Everybody kept talking about how the Buddy Heald is a great fit with the Lakers. That that's that's the deal the Lakers should make. Okay, they didn't make that deal. The deal would have been Buddy, or the deal would have been Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell go up to Sacramento. Buddy Heald obviously comes back to the Lakers. I, I can't remember if there was multiple teams involved. I know there were some draft picks involved and so forth, but that's kind of the meat of it. And that means okay, you kept KCP. Dennis Schroeder, maybe you try to bring back because you still need a point guard. Um, Listen, there have been a lot of people that liked that deal better than the Russell Westbrook deal. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Even in the open that Mario always does a fantastic job right when the season ended. I remember, you know, grabbing a microphone and barking away that, hey, they they need another superstar. They got to get more top heavy and then go get veterans and take your chances because it wasn't about coming out of the West. It's about winning an NBA championship. And the Brooklyn Nets are, that's the class of the NBA, whether you like it or not. That's the class of the Eastern Conference. And and Lakers, obviously, the class of the West. But before the trade for Russell Westbrook, um, I thought, you know, there's a reason why everybody's picking the favorites to be the Brooklyn Nets. You kind of got to go chase the Nets because that trade happened with James Harden. Now they have three superstars. So when I bring that up, I look back on that day, and as much as the conversation was that people thought, okay, Buddy Hield could be a good fit. Here's Kyle Kuzma talking about he thought he was going to be 
um, uh, eventually with the Sacramento Kings, and then boom, everything changed. The Lakers get Russell Westbrook. I will say this. Um, I, I know we got to let the season play out, and I know that um, it doesn't matter what I say right now. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. At the end of the day, either the Westbrook deal will deliver for the Lakers and obviously put themselves in a position to win an NBA championship, or I'm going to be eating crow, but I'll take my chances on that. Uh, but I thought it was interesting Kuzma talking about um, you know, that specifically. Another thing Kuzma hit on that I want to I want to do when we come back, um, he says he has no bitterness towards Laker fans after being traded, talked very, very highly about the organization. But something I, w- I want to throw out there to Laker fans on the Kuz front, and this will probably be the last conversation we have on Kuz until one day the Lakers play the Wizards. Um, were our expectations for Kuz realistic? Were they realistic? Because when we come back, let's spend a little time. I, I want to just kind of give his story of when he got drafted with the Lakers, and then all of a sudden everybody thought he's going to be the third best player with LeBron and AD on this team. We'll do that coming up next. Uh, phone number 877-710-ESPN. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN LA. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, just a quick reminder, Yovan Buha, Lakers NBA reporter for The Athletic, coming up at 7.30. Conversation we're having right now is about Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma was on with Gilbert Arenas on his No Chill podcast. And, um, you know, a couple things that came out of this. By the way, I'm going to throw this out there. 877-710-ESPN. Were our expectations for Kyle Kuzma, were they realistic? Were they really realistic? This dude was drafted, obviously, uh, number 27. Um, There were a lot of young pieces to this Lakers team that ended up getting traded. Kuzma was one of the pieces that stayed. And then all of a sudden, we're saying, yeah, Kuzma's just going to come in and he'll be the third best player with LeBron and Anthony Davis. He'll give you... 18 to 20 points a game. We, we kind of started just making these expectations up. And to be honest with you, from a points perspective, he regressed over time. Um, but there were other areas of his game that, you know, you thought uh, he was improving on. So 877-710-ESPN, if you want to give any thoughts on that. So I'm, I'm just going to throw one more thing out here from the podcast. Um, Kuz, I'm going to read off this quote, uh, basically him talking about there's no hard feelings on behalf of the uh, organization says, it's all love. It's all love for sure. A couple days after I got traded, LeBron and I were hanging out, just hanging out, chilling, even the organization, especially for me. I came into the Lakers and it's all I know. It was family from the jump. Even leaving, it was family, getting texts or calls from owner Jeannie Buss or general manager Rob Palenka or equipment equipment managers or people that just work the front gate. Everyone is like, hope you have a successful career. You're doing this. You're doing that. No bitterness. No nothing for sure. 100%. So, um, I, by the way, I like all that. I like that, you know, first of all, Kuz, one of the things that I would compliment him during the season is his game, he was trying so hard to do the right thing. It doesn't mean that every single game it looked good or didn't, didn't, it didn't always mean uh, that it was going to be productive. Um, I think we set these expectations on Kuz that when I say unrealistic, let, let me tell you what I mean by that. 
Nobody expected Kuzma to have the first couple of years like he did with the Lakers. Nobody did. Nobody expected his production to be as productive as he was. Maybe Kyle Kuzma thought that, but I'm just saying realistically, um, there were other young players on this Lakers team, and all of a sudden, Kuz, remember, he's this is he just played his fourth year in the NBA. His first year as a rookie averaged 16 points and six rebounds. His second year in the league at age 23, he was almost 19 points, five and a half rebounds as well. And then he drops off these last two years, 12.8 points, 12.9 points. Um, his rebounding, one year, 4.5 points this past year, six uh, rebounds a game, so or 4.5 rebounds, six rebounds a game. So I, I say that, you know, it's like we created a certain type of expectation for Kuz, but you know the key is those two years that he had really – um, productive from a points perspective, averaging 17 points in his first two years in the NBA. Lakers weren't championship contenders. And what happens when all of a sudden you start becoming a championship contender, it's not about how many points you put up. It's not about how productive you are from an offensive perspective. It's what do you bring, your total package, your total game, what do you bring to the table? Because if you're not competing for an NBA championship and you, or I'm sorry, if you're not helping win an NBA championship on a roster that's in a window to win an NBA championship, you're not playing, you know, this is, it's not the right basketball. It's not the right fit. I'm actually a big fan that Kuzma ended up um, on a different team, on a different squad. Let him go try to figure it out. And, And by the way, I'm not telling you that he's going to. I'm not telling you that in Washington, all of a sudden he's going to figure it out and he's going to average 18 points a game. He's going to grab nine rebounds and have four assists. I'm, I'm not telling you that his all-round game is just going to explode because he's not playing on a, a championship franchise. Could happen, um, but you know we'll see obviously how it all, uh, how it all shakes out from that perspective. Um, Funches, I, I'm going to kind of I'm gonna throw this one at you. It, it, does that make sense? It makes sense that when I say that we kind of set – we set this expectation for Kuz partially because he created in the first couple of years, but the reality is I don't think those expectations were ever realistic on a championship team. Yeah, we were putting too much on him, basically, Alan. Um, he we he started. Remember, he was working out with Kobe Bryant his last his rookie year, and we thought yep. he was going to turn into that twenty five point scorer. Blah, he told blah, a blah. story. Yeah, he told a story about you know getting a chance his first dinner with Kobe and a workout with Kobe. Yep. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, the AD trade happens, and a lot of Laker fans, or actually, I'll go back to the AD rumors, and a lot of people were wanted to keep him instead of you know the Hearts and the Ingrams in the world and stuff like that. I was not on that list. I was on, you know, there's a reason why I think he was left behind, and I don't say that disrespectfully, but I just think there was Brandon Ingram is you know already an All Star, Uh, Lonzo Ball is such a unique player in today's NBA because he likes passing and playing defense. That's not that's not common in today's NBA. You don't teach that that often. Josh Hart, you know, maybe if you want to make a case, hey, Josh Hart or Kuz, that's, I, I would say, is more on that level. Yeah, but, you know, he played really well that rookie year and then, pl- and then played, you know, decent his second year. And- Actually, he played really good his second year, too. Yeah. Did and a good it- job his second year. And then, you know... You're hoping that he's going to take it that that other leap that mm-hmm. you know to the All Star level or whatever, but he didn't do it. And I, and I think us as Laker fans, we put too much on him, and we co- sort of drove him out of town. You know, it's crazy. Um, you know, and I've said this before, but I just kind of look at Kuz, and 
I, I kind of a game to game perspective. I remember just kind of saying to myself, "Yeah, I'm going to say it." And you know, I, I try to all hold my thoughts during the regular season, but in the off season, it was like, "Yeah, I'd like to see this guy move on." I think it's actually me, better for l- both sides. Let me ask you a better question, Alan. Did he do anything in that championship run? Like, did he have any memorable moments or memorable games that you remember? Not off the top of my head. You know, I know KCP hit some big shots. I know what Rondo did. I know Dwight Howard. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't. And he maybe did. I just like I genuinely yeah. don't remember. You know what I mean? Like I, I really don't. I don't say that to I'm not trying to, you know, take a shot here. I think Kuz I'll be curious how he does now that he's not on the Lakers anymore. He's not playing with he's not on a championship roster. You know how much you gotta sacrifice when you're on a championship roster? You got a chance to win a chip. Kuzma now is gonna be in a position where nobody's gonna be expecting anything from the Wizards, so you know, it's kind of a little bit different. By the way, I was uh I did some spectrum uh, Spectrum Sportsnet, some TV on Thursday, and I thought they brought up a really good question. So uh, Chris McGee, Geeter, and Mike Bresnahan, uh, two great dudes, so doing the show with them. One of the questions on Spectrum was, out of all the Lakers, the former Lakers, um, who will have the most success with their new team. So that was one of the you know one of the questions that came up. So let me kind of let me let me put the list here. We're talking Kuz. So Kuzma in Washington. KCP's there. Montrose Harrell's there. Dennis Schroeder obviously went to the Boston Celtics. Mark Keith Morris is in Miami. I don't, I don't would personally I wouldn't put him um, in some of this conversation with these other players. Caruso with the Chicago Bulls. Andre Jumbo in the Philadelphia 76ers. If I told you Funch, pick one of those players that you think will have the most success with their new team. Who who would you who would you pick? <sighs> Man, I mean, obviously Brandon Ingram, uh, and I'm referring to. Uh, go take that call. <laughs> go take that call. All right, I'm, I'm gonna let me, let me actually throw to to one quick caller here. Let's go to Matt in Fullerton. Matt, you're on uh, Lakers talk. What's going on, Matt? Hi, how's it going? Good, buddy. Um, so, what, what was your thoughts on Kuzma? I know Kuzma was a conversation. Did did we did we set too high of expectations, or do you think he just didn't lo- live up to expectations that he set really on his own from those first two years? He came out firing, and after he came out firing those two years, and like you said earlier, we were all, we were a bad team. So anyone could be a good a, a good player. Good, anyone could be a good player on a bad team. So yeah, it, he, he he was there. He he was there for us, but he didn't gel right when they when the time came. Like when LeBron, when LeBron came, they just looked offset whenever they played together. He, he like, wasn't. No you know you know what it was, Matt, and I appreciate you calling in. He wasn't somebody, in my opinion, you had to have. You know, like there were times where I'm like, gotta have Caruso. Like, you really need this guy. There were times where I would say, you know, Rondo is so key in the playoffs. There's times I'd say Dwight Howard could be the difference of a championship or not as a role player, right? KCP. I don't know if Kuz really, you know, I, I don't know if I if if you had that that same feeling for Kyle Kuzma. So for me to answer my own question, the one that I was uh, throwing out there, I mentioned came up on Spectrum. I picked the player to have most success with their new team. I think Alex Caruso with the Chicago Bulls. So I, out of all the teams, out of all the players that left the Los Angeles Lakers, I would say uh, I'd say Alex Caruso. By the way, these are good questions to have here for Jovan Buha. Um, he is uh, an NBA uh, Lakers and NBA reporter for the Athletic. You guys have heard him on the show a number of different times. I always enjoy having him on the show. He's coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Beach vacation over camping? What about selling with Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Jovan Buha, Lakers NBA reporter for The Athletic, obviously a frequent guest on this show. Always appreciate uh, appreciate having him on the show. Jovan, uh, thanks for taking the time, bud. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so just real quick, um, are you kind of getting the NBA bug back or are you still good with a couple more weeks? You ready? Where, where are you mentally here <laughs> for this upcoming grind? I am mentally recharged. I'm ready to go. Okay. Uh, I, we got three weeks here until training camp starts, and I'm uh, I'm ready. I like Jovan. I'm asking you the question as if you know you're a player going into the final like stretch <laughs> of the of the season. I, I've gained 20 pounds <laughs> this off season. <laughs> got to get you back in shape, man. This is just a lot of the fans are just. They're worried about your articles coming up here for the Athletic. All right. Uh, this is a, the first question I want to ask you. Um, you know, with all the news that's kind of gone on with the Lakers over the offseason, what, what, what's your take on DeAndre Jordan? You think he's uh, a, a good fit for the Lakers? And I guess maybe a two-part question of this. What happens to Marcus All? Yeah, well, for me, DeAndre is an insurance piece. I think going back to last season, we saw how quickly uh, the Lakers were decimated by injury. And you had that one stretch where Anthony Davis was out and then Marcus All got in the COVID protocols. And all of a sudden, it was basically just Montrez Harrell and Markeith Morris, and they went out and signed you know, Damian Jones for a couple 10 days. Eventually ended up adding Andre Drummond and having three centers that way. But I think even though the league has downsized and, and there's only a few teams that you really need a big hulking center to match up with, it's still good to have three centers on your roster. And, and yes, technically Anthony Davis is also a center, but I think it, it made sense to go out and add uh, another center. And uh, DeAndre, of course, is familiar with L.A. and, uh, you know, is, is a former all-star himself. So kind of fit with, with some of the additions that the Lakers had made. Uh, but I, I don't really f- expect him to factor into the rotation uh, as currently constructed. You know, I, I do think that looking at the, the current roster, I, I would peg him as the third-string center behind Marcus Gasol and Dwight Howard. Uh, and then in the case that Marcus Gasol does not return, uh, I would probably, you know, maybe DeAndre is the backup then and, and you start Dwight, but I think if Mark doesn't return, there's a, a good chance Anthony Davis actually slides up and just plays the five. I, I think mm-hmm. that just makes the most sense. If you're Frank Vogel, if you're Rob Polinka, you show AD the, the depth chart and the roster and just say, you know, we're, we have kind of two backup centers here in Dwight and DeAndre that shouldn't be playing 25, 30 minutes a night. Like You kind of got to take that role on and, and then have these guys back you up. Uh, if you need it or you're in foul trouble or whatever. So um, I think DeAndre is going to have a smaller role in the team. I think it, it's more of an insurance play. 
and someone that is kind of coming off a season in which he wasn't playing that much in Brooklyn. Uh, as for Mark, I, I think that uh, I, I've heard it, there's an increasing chance that he's not back. I, I think the DeAndre signing could also just be insurance for Mark not returning. And uh, again, the Lakers just wanting to have an extra center there. Um, but it, it, I mean, look, there's three weeks until training camp starts. So I don't know when we're going to get an answer, but it is going to come soon. And we will hopefully have some clarity on Mark's, you know, whether he's coming back or not, and then what his role is uh, within probably the next couple of weeks. Yovan, do you, you think too much is made on the front of, um, kind of properly state this year? We always hear, well, Anthony's got to play the five. Why doesn't AD play more of the five? I, I've always looked at it this way. When AD needs to play the five and we're in the middle of the postseason, AD's going to play the five. I think just through the grind of a 72-game season last year or, in this case, an 82-game season coming up, I'm okay with, hey, we're throwing out somebody else at center, and it's not. It's it's more to do with the fact of AD is going to play the five when it's needed, but it doesn't mean he has to play the five you know, every single game in the regular season and the important ones he'll play them. Is too much made about AD starting a game and playing in the regular season at the five, or do you think that's exactly what he should be doing? I'm somewhere in the middle on it. I do think that looking at the the league landscape, it's clear that AD is a five. Like, you know, AD, it is kind of to me like Tim Duncan, you know, back in the day when he just didn't want to play the five and was at the four. Like, AD is the size of a five. He has the frame of a five. You know, again, the league has downsized. And we have the data now going back not only the past two years with the Lakers, but even going back to his New Orleans days, you look at his numbers at center versus at power forward, and he's just more effective at center. And, and the, the lineup data supports that. His individual numbers support that. Uh, he's just a matchup nightmare for the modern center. There, there are very few centers who have both the size and athleticism to hang with him on the perimeter. And you, you see him take guys off the dribble, face up, uh, shoot over them. Like He, he just has the, the, the total package offensively. So I do think him at center maximizes that. Now, I would say, for, for me, I'm okay with it if Mark is on the roster and Mark is starting because I, I think Mark is a nice complement to AD and to Russell Westbrook in that starting group. My one fear is if Mark doesn't return and the Lakers are you know, looking at starting Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan at center – I just have some spacing concerns at that point because we, we know with Westbrook, some of the spacing issues he provides, you know, you, you, you did the talent play getting Russ. And, and you know, I, I think a, a lot of teams on the league would, would do that move, you know, nine out of 10 times, 10 out of 10 times, whatever. But now that you, you, you kind of made your bed with Russell Westbrook, I think you have to maximize the pieces around your, your big three or around your three stars. And to me, the number one need that, that you, you kind of have around those three is shooting. So if you're going with a guy in, in Dwight Howard or a guy in DeAndre Jordan who are primarily rollers, finishers, guys who are hanging out around the basket, uh, I have some concern there because you, you have three stars who all want to hang out around the basket, who all want to be in the paint. And as we've seen, teams that don't have shooting, you just pack the paint and say, go shoot. And that kind of happened to the Lakers last year against Phoenix in the playoffs. So I do have some concern over, uh, you know, I, again, if it's, if it's Mark starting, I'm, I'm cool with AD playing at the four, and I think that can work. But if it is Dwight or DeAndre, I do think you run into some spacing issues there that you're going to have to figure out. And it really puts a lot of pressure on that fifth guy, most likely Wayne Ellington or Kent Bazemore, 
to really shoot the ball well and have some gravity. So that would be my only concern. But I think to your larger point, AD is going to play the five when he needs to. We've seen it now going on a couple of seasons. He'll do it when he needs to. And I'm not really concerned about that come playoff time. But in the regular season, I think they, they really got to maximize the starting group. And to me, that's either Mark at the five or AD at the five. Yovan Bua, Lakers and NBA reporter for The Athletic, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Um, Yovan, uh, you know, you hit on the Westbrook part for a quick second. I, I want to – there was um, uh, a podcast that came out recently. Kyle Kuzma was on um, – get this exactly right as I'm forgetting on the top of my head here was on the podcast with Gilbert Arenas so the chill with uh, uh, Gilbert Arenas no chill with uh, Gilbert Arenas podcast um, I don't know where you felt on the day that that trade went down but I, I want to you know obviously there was a point on that uh, NBA draft day where you thought wow looks like Kyle Kuzma Montrez Harrell going to end up in Sacramento Buddy Hill's going to come down to the Lakers when the dust settled that didn't happen, and and Kuz actually mentioned on this podcast that he was shocked. He thought he was going to Sacramento. List kind of goes on and on. And I remember hearing a lot of critics that said, "No, Buddy Hield, that's the right fit. That's what the Lakers should have done." Oh, by the way, then they could have kept KCP, and then maybe you kept uh, Dennis Schroeder as well. Just kind of laying out what could have happened after that. I was a fan of bringing in another superstar. I was actually a fan of what the Lakers have done. You got the superstar, plus you brought in other vets to kind of support a team that's in a win-now win mode. Um, I, I don't know where you were, but I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts. On that day, was there was one of those two trades you were hoping to go down? It, was it Were you hoping that once the momentum started changing to Westbrook that that was going to happen, or did you think that Buddy Heald would be a better fit for this Lakers roster? I think from a fit perspective, it is you know, the answer is Buddy Heald, but that you know, fit doesn't always equal better outcome, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you, when you you are putting pieces around stars, you might have a better fitting player, but at the end of the day, talent often wins out. And we can go through NBA history and, and see the teams with two and three stars that have won championships, and it's not always the best fitting pieces. But at the end of the day, it, talent wins out in, in the NBA more so than arguably you know any sport. Uh, in America. So I think for me, what I've come more around to the Westbrook trade in after seeing the moves that they made, because at that time, you know, they had what four or five guys on the roster Mm -hmm. and just looking at it and we we don't know what's going to happen with Mark. And I'm just looking at, okay, so it's, you know, LeBron and AD and Russ and, and what, right? Like in in, in Mark. Okay. And then who are they going to get in free agency? Who's going to take a discount to go there? Like, you know, we, I think sometimes we overestimate who's going to take discounts. And, and I think we've seen several recent teams kind of bank on that and then not really get those players. Uh, so to me, it was kind of, I thought it was going to be a challenge to fill out the rest of the roster, but I do think they did as basically as good of a job as you, as you could. And getting a guy like Kendrick Nunn for the taxpayer MLE, I, I thought was a steal. Getting Malik Monk for the minimum, uh, bringing back Dwight, like making some of these moves that they made, that started to bring me more around to the Westbrook trade. And I I do think there are some big concerns. I think ultimately for that third star, you would have liked to have had a better shooter around LeBron and AD, given how much shooting has been an issue for this team over the past two seasons and and how really at their worst, you know, I mean, when the Lakers at their worst, shooting is usually involved. It's rarely something else. I mean, sometimes it's the turnovers. 
rarely it's been the defense. You know, we, we know they've been an elite defensive team. But when the Lakers have been at their worst over the past two seasons, it's usually teams aren't defending their shooters and their shooters are missing and the offense is clunky. And so that to me, you know, Westbrook kind of plays into that. He's obviously not a good shooter, but he's going to help this team in transition. He's going to help this team score points in the paint. I think he's going to bring an energy and an audacity to this team that didn't always have last season. So uh, I, I know you and I have talked about that a couple of times of, of just kind of what he brings. And um, I think not only just the star power and, and the triple doubles and different stuff, but uh, once I saw the way they filled out this roster, I, I came more around to it because you weren't going to find another, you know, a point guard in free agency. Unless sure. they brought back Dennis, who clearly didn't really have much of a market. Uh, they weren't going to find someone kind of, obviously not a Westbrook's level, but, but even at like a buddy heel type level for, for, you know, the taxpayer MLE. So I think it honestly has worked out about as well as it could. And I still have the Lakers as the favorites in the West. Yovan, final one I got for you. Yovan Bua, Lakers NBA reporter for the athletic, uh, taking some time to join Lakers talk. Um, out of, you know, you just mentioned uh, Schroeder. We talked about Kyle Kuzma. When you play some of these guys that ended up leaving the Lakers, whether in free agency or trade, this this past you know offseason, so KCP in the mix, Alex Caruso, Montrez Harrell, kind of go down the list of all these guys that the Lakers had. Wh- which of those players do you think is in, in the best predicament, best situation, best role for themselves personally to thrive? Uh, I think Alex, because uh, I, I think he's in a similar role to LA, maybe even a slightly bigger role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he, he I think he's going to get people are going to kind of appreciate, I think both from his absence from the Lakers of the Lakers kind of missing that, that defensive spark plug off the bench and, and that guy who's a, a closing fixture for them. Uh, but, but also just kind of this up and coming bulls team and, and him having the chance to, I think be looked at in, in a different light. Cause I think there were people who were skeptical of him and, Oh, you know, he, he's only getting attention because he's on the Lakers or because he, you know, most of his minutes come with LeBron and, and they have a special connection that kind of juices some of his on off numbers. Like I, I think his time in, in Chicago will really crystallize how special he is as a role player and just how unique he is with his, you know, kind of three and D capabilities and his ability to kind of shape shift around different players. So I would say Alex, I mean, I'm a little skeptical on Kuz taking that next step in, in Washington. I, I think, there are other guys of similar level there to him. Uh, so I don't know if it's him. I mean, I think Dennis is in a good situation in Boston uh, where, where maybe he can rehab some of his value. Uh, although, you know, I, I think he, he has to work on some things like, like being too sure. much of a shoot first player. Mm-hmm. Um, Montrose Harrell, I think can put up some big numbers in, in the East and, and just going up against Eastern conference, big men. Uh, maybe he also rehabs some of his value. Uh, the guy probably in the worst situation, I would say is Andre Drummond where, uh, you know, went from starting for the Lakers to being a backup to, uh, I guess, Embiid's a little injury prone, but, right. you know, he, he's one of the, the best centers in the NBA. So, you, I mean, I think there's a clear, those two aren't going to play together. So I think there's a clear cap on, on Andre Drummond's, you know, minutes where he's like a 12 to 14 minute a night guy. Uh, so for, for him, I mean, it, it looks like his career's kind of taken a, a left turn here, but um, I think I, I would bet on Alex having kind of the, the best season in the public perception of anybody. Yovan, great stuff, buddy. Uh, look forward to seeing you. We're less than a month away, seeing you back at Staples Center. A little Lakers-Nets action to start things off. So looking forward to that. Thank you for taking the time, bud. Yes, sir. Anytime. All right. More Lakers talk coming up next. Stay right here, 710 ESPN. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac. 
weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, thank you to Yovan Buha from The Athletic. Um, I do want to take some calls. So 877-710-ESPN. I know we've had a few conver- or a few different topics so far. We talked a little bit about DeAndre Jordan, Marcus Gasol, uh, hit on Kyle Kuzma. Did he? Um, did we set these expectations that were not realistic for him? And I'm I'm really just basing that off as the way his career has progressed so far in the first four years. I even mentioned some of the different players that left the Lakers. Who's in the best position? Uh, let's go to Solomon in Lake Balboa. Solomon, thanks for uh, hanging on. What's going on? Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks so much for taking my call. couple of things. I do not think the expectations were too high for Kyle Kuzma because we saw a talented player there because he couldn't quite gel with LeBron and that scheme, even though he had his opportunities. All right? Because I, you know, I, I, went, I, I said this before. I mentioned this through the season. At the most critical junctures so many times last season – in games, how many times did we hear Kuzma for three, no good? Mm-hmm. You can only keep doing that so much. He could just never quite turn that corner. Alex Caruso did. And, you know, it's kind of a thing, I, I hate to be too hard-nosed about this, but when you become a Laker man, that's the expectations. I'm sorry, you're on one of the premier franchises in all sports. So well, his his Solomon, I, I I thought I thought his expectation was interesting, and I appreciate you calling into the show. Um, we'll take some more calls on this eight seven 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 ten ESPN. His expectation was interesting because he surpassed expectations his first two years with the Lakers, and then the last two years with the Lakers. I think everybody just thought, okay, well, um, he's going to be the third best player on the roster. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be him, LeBron, or and Anthony Davis. That you know he could be the third most important player on this team. And the reality was he wasn't even close to that. And, and I, you know, that's why I'm curious to see how the rest of his career pans out, how it pans out in Washington. Um, and, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. I, I respected the fact that he was trying to do the right thing for the Lakers. And when you're on a championship roster, it's not about individual stats. I think he understood that. So that part I give him credit for. But there were also a ton of games, ton of games. I mean, I, you know, getting a chance to do the post game show, um, these last two years, every single postgame show, the most of the time I was talking about Kuz, I'd say, I don't know where he went. You know, I, I, we, we, we didn't talk about him for the last couple of games because he hasn't been that productive. Um, but stats, I don't know if they always tell the, whole, the entire story because I think we were always so associated with just enamored with what he can do offensively. He was kind of trying to round out his game. Let's take another quick call here. Joe in the Inland Empire. Joe, what's going on? You're on Lakers Talk. Hey, what's up, Alvin? It's good to talk to you. How you, you doing? You too, man. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I'll say about uh, just the whole bench. I'm just happy everybody's gone. To be honest, I don't really. It's kind of irrelevant, but um, I'm just happy everybody's gone. But Kuzma, I feel like his first two years, he overexceeded his expectations. Sure. Because he was a uh, late first round draft pick. 
and uh, we didn't. He wasn't even supposed to pan out like that. And right when we got LeBron, you know, every, it's it's time to get it together. You got to speed it up. We, he couldn't get. He had to get on the new timeline. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm not. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for these guys. I'm happy for everybody that went somewhere different because we have a Voltron team that's going to take over. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. About what they said about favorites, we got a team that's ready to compete, and whoever wants it, we bring in it. Joe, appreciate you calling in, and I'm going to tell you this. I got Christian Winfield, who's on at 830, Nets and NBA reporter for the New York Daily News. I'll tell you this. Um, if there's ever a uh, if there's ever a season where you can have two high profile squads, the Lakers and the Nets, um, he obviously covers the Brooklyn Nets. I, I think you know coming into the season, that's going to be the conversation. I, I don't know what other conversation we're going to have. Just to be honest with you, if the Lakers aren't in the NBA Finals against the Brooklyn Nets, something happened. Why there was injury, something else pl- uh, came into play. Um, but you know when when. I hear Joe and the Inland Empire say we'll go up against any squad. Really, in my opinion, there's only two squads this year. It's the Lakers and the Nets. So we'll do that. Really, that would be predominantly 8.30 and, uh, and moving forward. Let me uh, let me get one more call in here real quick. Uh, John in San Gabriel. John, what's going on? Hey, Alan. just want to say big fan. I uh, hope you win some more Game of Games <laughs> in the upcoming hey, month. Thank you, man. Appreciate uh, but, it. Yeah, I do want to say, though, I think the expectations were too high. We did the same thing with Brandon Ingram when he was uh, his first year with LeBron, then we saw him flourish when he left. Um, I do want to say Kuzma wasn't utilized right. If you look at him, um, his first year with LeBron, we didn't have a true big like AD and Dwight. So Kuzma's game was really uh, predicated on inside out. So he got a lot of cuts and stuff like that. And then you had bigs like AD and Dwight come in. They just clogged up his lane. So I don't think he was utilized right. Well, I, I'll tell you this, John, um, and I appreciate you calling into the show. I've kind of said this. This has been my theme. you got to have players on your team at the right time. Kuz, th- this isn't the time for him to, you know, I guess you could say be figuring things out. Now he gets to go do his thing. Maybe he averages 20 points next year with Washington. You know what the Lakers need? They need vets. They need guys, the the Carmelos of the world, the Trevor Arizas of the world, the Dwight Howards of the world, the Rajon Rondos of the world the Kent Bazemores, the Russell Westbrooks, guys that have been in the NBA for a long time and are ready to win a championship now because, you know, ultimately this Lakers team can't afford to obviously waste, uh, they can't afford to waste any year with LeBron James. And listen, they've done as good of a job as they possibly can. Last year, obviously, Lakers were injured. It didn't happen. Before that, Anthony Davis wasn't here. The year in between, they won a championship with AD. So this upcoming season, you got a squad with three legitimate stars that you can go compete against the Brooklyn Nets, and and you had to make moves like this because Brooklyn is in the Eastern Conference. I don't know what else, what else happens in the Western Conference. I, I've said this before. The one team to, to keep an eye out for in the Western Conference would be the Golden State Warriors if they can make another type of move. We'll see what happens. Uh, top NBA stories is coming up next. We'll do that with Michael Funches. Thank you for being a part of the show. More of your phone calls around 8.15. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.